I'm excited here to wrap up John. This is the last chapter we'll walk through. John 21. You want to turn there in your Bible or Bible apps. John 21. As you're turning there, I want to set up today's message and, and passage. All of us have this experience to some degree as you read these words on the screen. We're in our relationships today, in our thinking, in our thought life, the emotions that we experience, how we even interpret life today, our, your, your, your past has an effect in your present. Some of you know that. Some of you are dealing with that right now in this moment. Some of you are wrestling through some of that uh, as you got ready and you're coming to church and family dynamics where were, uh, you're putting the fun and family dysfunction, right? That happens on Sunday mornings. Our past, we all have it, is powerful. It's like, a, it's like a train, and, and a freight train that's fully loaded, and it's got momentum, and it's pushing us and influencing us. And for many of us, our past is, is we, we, we've made decisions. And, 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 and we feel the weight of that shame and that brokenness, and that we're feeling even the consequences today of the decisions that we've made and the sins in our lives and the, and the, and the brokenness and, 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 and we have that shame, sense of failure. We've got messages that just tapes that run over and over in our head. That past has power in your present and it's just dark cloud. Or, or maybe it's not choices you've, you've made. Maybe it's choices that, that, that were made against you. It's sin that's been done against you. It's, it, it's brokenness in relationships, abuse that's happened and you feel the infection of that, 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 that sin done to you. The, 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 the choices that you did not make for yourself, but were made for you. And that past continues to have power in influencing your daily life in the present. Today, as we walk through God's word, we're going to see the resurrected Jesus. He releases us from our past and restores us in the present. And we're going to see this in the life specifically. One of his disciples named Peter. Jesus and Peter met on the Sea of Galilee. Peter's a fisherman. And uh, he's a blue collar guy by trade. Rough, rough around the edges. Uh, uh, some of you may have been with us uh, several weeks back when we walked through some of Peter's life. Extroverted guy. He just speaks, you know. Doesn't think about what he's going to say, and it just comes out. He's just an action-oriented guy. He just wants to get stuff done. He's always moving. Peter is bold. But in his impulsiveness, he would overlook his boundaries and his limits. He was arrogant. In his first interaction with Jesus... Peter and, his, or Peter and his brother had been fishing all night, and, and they'd caught nothing in, in terms of, of their fishing. And, and, of course, this wasn't just a hobby. Many of us you know, who, who fish here in the house, but as a hobby, not in order to put uh, uh, money, money in the bank and uh, uh, survive on it. No fish. 
Been fishing all night. And as they pull into shore, uh, Jesus is teaching. And he, and he calls out to Peter and, and, and Andrew and, and, and asks them to get into his boat, into their boat, and push off in order to be able to teach to the people. And uh, after they're done teaching, Jesus tells Peter, throw your net off, to push out just a little bit further, throw your net into the deep there. Peter pushes back. We've been fishing all night. There's nothing out here. What do you know that we don't know? Like, we're out here every day, all day. Like, we know where the fish are. We know uh, uh, where the channels are. We know where the habitat is. Like, we, like, there's no fish. And we've been doing this all night long. And, and, and he says, okay, I'm, I'm going to trust you. He throws the net out. And, and, and the, the net just begins to just fill with fish. More fish than they've ever seen in their lives, and it's overwhelming, and they get friends to come off. James and John, the sons of Zebedee. John, who's the author of the gospel we're walking through, he, he's, he's brought in, and they're, they're hauling in. They're trying to reel in this, this net of fish. It's just enormous, completely miraculous. And Peter knows it, and he gets out of the boat, and he gets on the ground before Jesus. He says, I'm, depart from me. I'm, I'm not worthy of you. And Jesus tells Peter, you don't need to be afraid. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. And they followed Jesus. They left everything. Peter left everything. Followed Jesus. The night before Jesus was betrayed, Peter told Jesus, Everybody else will betray you. Everybody else is going to leave you, but, but I won't. I'm going to lay my life down for you, Jesus. That same night, Peter followed Jesus as he was taken to be arrested. And outside of the, the temple court there, there was a charcoal fire. And people were congregated around it. And they asked Peter, you were with him. You were with Jesus. We know we've seen you with him. And, and, and he denied it. I don't know the man, not just one time, not just a second time, but three times, bringing even curses down on himself, saying, I don't know the man. We're just hours before he just said, Jesus, I won't leave you. Others will desert you. I'll lay my life down for you. And when it came down to it, over that charcoal fire, he denies even knowing Jesus. Peter, you can imagine, was broken and filled with shame. You can imagine, though he was excited to see Jesus, there's this lingering sense of shame that he had in the hour of his need of sorts. When it all counted, Peter failed. You can imagine his identity. Imagine how he felt among the other disciples. Shame, shame, shame. But Jesus wasn't done with Peter. Jesus would meet Peter as we see today in our text. And he'll restore him and release him from this past shame in the present. Let's pray. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we need you.
to meet us in some of the hard spaces, Lord God, things that we've protected. We spend an enormous amount of energy every day, anxiety, fear, maybe even self-medicating ourselves. Lord, we try to distract ourselves from these things that just gnaw at us, these things that maybe even are unconscious and influencing us. Lord God, Lord, as you invite us in your word today, we want to encounter you, the freedom that you offer us, that our past it doesn't have to continue to rule over us and control us in the present today, Jesus. We want to be released. We ask you to come, Spirit, do a work that only you can do. As we hear through your word, Jesus, as we see you at work with Peter, may we encounter you in our own personal stories in our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's jump in here. Chapter 21, John, verse 1. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. And he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we'll go with you. They went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know That it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, do you have any fish? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you'll find some. So they cast it. And now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, It's the Lord! When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment for he was stripped for work and threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish for they were not far from land, but about a hundred yards off. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you've caught, just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not yet torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. And now none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them. And so with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. In the scene here, Jesus has already revealed himself and shown himself as the resurrected uh, and his resurrected body uh, to the disciples two times. Uh, uh, one uh, uh, to the disciples alone, and then Thomas, who, who, who ha- has a faith like many of us, who needed some evidence to believe. And Jesus shows up. Thomas makes that declaration, my Lord and my God, having touched Jesus' body. He isn't merely a vision physically resurrected. We don't know how much time has transpired. Maybe a week or so. But Jesus shows himself again. 
The disciples we see here, they, 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 they don't exactly know what to do and kind of how to live life going forward now. They're, Jesus is resurrected. They've seen him a couple times, but the Holy Spirit hasn't come. They've not been fully commissioned to go and spread the gospel. They're still trying to make sense of things. And you can imagine the, 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 the reality of, of Jesus is alive. He was dead. He's alive. He's my son. Like, what does this really mean for us? And, and life's a bit confusing. And, and of course, when you don't know what to do, you, you do what you love. You go fishing, right? That's what Simon knows. That's what he does. They go fishing. And Jesus, this wasn't some arbitrary, just just spontaneous kind of event. Jesus evidently is is, is showing up at times and and going away. He's not consistently present at all times. But he's got a purpose for every time he shows up in this season. Before he goes to the Father, he's out to get Peter. He's out to restore Peter. What did, what did you notice here? As we see Jesus standing on the shore. They haven't caught any fish. He tells them to cast the net on the other side. Again, they've been out all night. These are the fishermen. And all of a sudden, they cast the net just on the other side of the boat. How random is that? And all of a sudden, fish start filling the net. More fish and more fish. It's overwhelming how many fish. And all of a sudden, their memories are being triggered. Oh, we, we've seen this before. Oh, we know that. And John is the first to catch on. And he says, it's the Lord. It's not because they, they recognized him visually. It's because they could tell emotionally what's happening. Because Jesus was stirring up the past. So Peter, when he hears this. And of course we know Peter in his, all of his passion. He just throws on his outer garment and he jumps out. They're a hundred yards offshore. It's likely the boat beat Peter to the shoreline while he's still trying to chug through the water to get to Jesus. Such a big heart. And when they get there, what did they see? Did you take note of that? They saw a charcoal fire in place. Now, John is very, very intentional with his words. Very thoughtful. The last time he mentions a charcoal fire is Peter's denial of Jesus Christ. Jesus is triggering the past because he's wanting to set Simon free. He's wanting to release him and restore him. The charcoal fire, not just the, 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 the burning embers, the smoke, the smells fill the nostrils. And, 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 and we're whole beings, and God knows this. And, and you know this. You've been, you've been in these places where you've been triggered, right? That's a kind of a modern term that we use. Where you've been triggered by, by things in the past. And, 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 and when your senses are engaged, and things start to come up unconsciously and uncontrollably. And... and Peter is already being drawn out by Jesus. 
Jesus is, is, is triggering his past to, come, to be brought to the surface because he wants to heal him. He wants to renew him. You know, God knows that, that, that our deepest beliefs are stored emotionally. The deepest things about which we, we live out of and operate on in our lives get stored through relational, emotional experiences. They're not merely just arbitrary concepts and ideas. It, we, we, our beliefs are stored through, through life, through emotions, through relationships. These are the things that we act out of. This is, there's a difference between what we say we believe and what we actually live out. That's what we truly believe. Have you noticed that? As we want to pursue and become like Jesus, where we don't always obey and follow. Why, why do I struggle? Why, why is there such a difference between that I, how I want to obey and follow you and trust you, God, but I don't. I live this way. Why do these thoughts keep coming up? Why do I have these experiences? God understands that the very way we are wired is by these, these emotionally stored experiences. And Jesus is drawing that out of Peter because he wants to heal him. Many of us, as we have these experiences and things get triggered from our life and our past, and we're like, I don't want that to come out. I don't want that to come up. And we either deny that it's there, or we try to stuff it. And we, and we do it with, with pride, and we get hard and, and stubborn, or we get bitter and arrogant. We turn off our feelings. Some of us have learned the, 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 the rule and the law, don't trust, don't feel. It's better to survive that way. Don't trust, don't feel. And things come up. What do I do with this? Jesus wants to release you. He wants to meet us in the pain, in the shame, and he wants to restore us. The resurrected Jesus has the power and ability to make you new. So it continues on here. Verse 15. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Peter said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. Jesus said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. Jesus said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved that he had done this a third time. Do you love me? And Peter said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your, your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show what kind of death 
Peter was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Jesus now turns to Simon and he's going to go deeper. He's going to take Peter into the, into the depths of his shame. He asks him this question, do you love me? And, 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 and you hear Peter uh, respond, you, you know, and Jesus does know. You see, this isn't about a need that Jesus has. It's a need that Peter has to be restored. And Jesus asks him, not just once, not just twice, but a third time. Why does he do this? Why does he do it three times? Because Peter didn't deny him once, didn't deny him twice, but three times. He's taking him into the depths of his shame in order to draw him out and saying, Simon, I'm restoring you. I'm going to use you. I know you love me, but I need you to hear it. And I need you to reaffirm it where you said you didn't know me. Where you said you didn't love me and you wanted your, your survival over me. And Jesus says, each time, feed my lambs. Jesus is saying, your past... Your, your, your shame, your, your denial of me does not disqualify me, does not disqualify you from being used by me. My sheep need to be fed and need to be led, and you're going to do it. Stop looking at yourself, Peter. Stop looking at your shame. Look at me. Love me. Look at me and my love for you. As we get triggered in these pain and the sorrows in life and the shame, what are we tempted? We're tempted to look inside and, and the messages that we have. I'm broken. I'm dirty of what's been done to me. I'm a failure. God can't use me. I'm disqualified because of what I've done or what's been done to me. We're tempted to look at ourselves. And Jesus is saying, look at me. Let me restore you. Don't look at your brokenness. Don't look at what's been done to you. Let me heal you. Let me renew you. Look to me. Peter, as it says, grieved in the third time that Jesus would say this to him. But in this third moment, I can't help but believe this is where breakthrough happens for Peter. Jesus doesn't stop there in restoring him by releasing him from his shame, by releasing him from, from his past. He doesn't just restore him to ministry, but there was something else that Peter said. I will lay my life down for you. Jesus says here in these words in verse 18, once you were young, you did everything on your own. You were independent you dress yourself, you went wherever you go, but when you're old, you're going to stretch out your arms. Someone is going to dress you. Someone's going to lead you to where you do not want to go. And Jesus is describing and telling Peter in advance, you're going to be crucified just like me. You will lay yourself down for me. It's in my suffering and the cost of the gospel. 
And then Jesus ties it up. Going back to the beginning with Peter. And his first encounter. And where he says to him, follow me. He restores Peter. Peter will go on in these next verses, wondering about John, the apost- who, who wrote this gospel. And, and, and Peter's, Peter's not perfect by any means. He goes back to some of his old ways of comparing and wondering, what's going to happen with John? What's, 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 is he going to die? Is he going to hang around? Is he get special treatment? Like, what's, what about him, God? And Jesus, like any good parent, focus on yourself, Peter. Not on John. Follow me. Eyes on me. Eyes on me. We're all like Peter in some respect. Where we have things that that hold us back from encountering Jesus, from, from living in freedom right now, from drawing near to the Father, from being able to be in relationships with others. We have these messages in our head that, that, that because I've done this in the past, that somehow God can't use me or I'm unqualified or because this has been done to me, I, I'm dirty and, and the Lord can't use me. Or we, the, 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 our heart and our, and, our, and our very identity, our psychology has been fractured and there's anxiety and there, there's, we're plagued by fear or anger. All we know is anger because we... we we learned in survival, don't trust, don't feel. The resurrected Jesus wants to release us and restore us like Peter. Where are those spaces in your own life? Where as he triggers things, as things get brought to the service, he wants to take it. You don't have to, to stuff it. You don't have to be afraid of it coming out because he wants to Take it. He wants to receive it from you and give you his new life. When he conquered death, when he raised, when he was raised from the grave, he, he, he was given life to give us life. In 2 Corinthians, it says this. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. You can go to the next slide there. And keep going. There we go. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is passed away. The new is come. Jesus takes the old on himself. And he makes you new. Resurrected Jesus, he's paid for your penalty. We can guarantee and, 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 and rest in security. He took it all on himself in the cross. He took your shame. To give you a new name. You're forgiven. You're not a failure. The past is not something to be afraid of or to hide. In fact, he wants to show his light and his power through it. Your past becomes a testimony. Your past becomes a sermon to be preached. Your past becomes hope for others in darkness. As Peter would later explain, by his stripes we are healed. What's been done to you. 
He wants to take that poison into himself on the cross by his stripes. He wants to set you free. He's exchanging the, the poison and the sin done to you with his, with his life, with his love for you. With what he says about you. Will we come? Friends, he offers to release and restore us with his death and resurrection. But we must not fear. We need to come to him with these With the pain of the past, with the shame of the past, we need to come to him where it feels scary to bring it out, to talk about it, to confess it. It, If it feels scary to bring it to the surface because there's things that feelings you may have that, that that are so uncomfortable you're not used to. Let's do this together. You don't have to do this alone. He wants to set you free. You don't have to live in this burden. But we've got to come. There's a movie called The Mission. With Robert De Niro in it, a bunch of big name actors actually. It's based on a true story of Jesuit priests who went to bring the gospel to South America in the 1700s. And it's about a a, a historical event that happened, this massacre of these indigenous people and these Jesuit priests by slave traders from Portugal. Two characters, one of the Jesuit priests and and then Robert De Niro's character are prominent in this movie. And Robert De Niro's character, he's a broken man. He gets jealous of his brother who takes his mistress and he kills her. Kills him. Excuse me. He kills his brother. He, he was actively part of the slave trade of taking the indigenous people that, 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 that the Jesuits were reaching with the gospel. He was actively part of stealing from their homes and, 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 and enslaving them. And his heart is riddled with guilt from all that he's done in the past. And, 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 and as part as he comes and, and, and he himself becomes part of the Jesuit order, it's, it's being redeemed, if you will. And part of his, his journey of redemption is, is this, this penance that he does where he takes all of his armor, all of that represented his power, his arrogance, his abuse of others. And it's tied up in this massive ball, in this netting. And he's dragging it through the Amazon jungle, through rivers and through cliffs. And he's just dragging his past with him. And you feel and see the burden. I'm going to play a clip for you. It's a little bit longer here. And we're going to go, give, bear with me here. As this clip plays itself out, I want you to begin to just turn your heart toward Christ. Where you see yourself in, in, in Robert De Niro's character, in Mendoza, as he's dragging his past along. Continue to hold on to it. And the burden that that is, Jesus, today even, wants to meet you in this place, just like with Peter. And he wants to release you. He wants to restore you. Will you meet him? Jesus, our loving Savior, triggers our past. 
in order to restore us in the present. He releases us from our past, as we see in the life of Peter, to restore us in, in the present. Will you come? Will you receive his work for you? If you need help walking through this and letting Jesus meet you in these spaces and renew and restore you, let's talk. I want the worship team come on down. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your mercy. Thank you, Jesus. That you don't leave us to try to figure it out and fix ourselves and make things right and to prove ourselves to try to outwork the pain. You want to heal us. You have the power to do so. You will release us and you will take the brokenness. Lord, whether it's choices we've done or choices that are done to us, you take that brokenness and you use it for your glory. You use it to change others' lives. As you did through Peter, who would become such a powerful instrument in the spread of your gospel, Lord God, through his brokenness, as you restored him. Let it be so among us. In your name we pray. Amen.